go around and actually, if you guys want to check out these mushrooms that we got. So this is just uh, one example. This is an oyster mushroom. Um, if you guys want to pass this around so you can see the texture of it. This is a really big one. We got a little bit overgrown because Eric's out of town right now. The guy that, that actually owns the farm. Anyways, we're going we're gonna to add our softball on this over to you so you can introduce yourself. All right. Hello, I am KK. Can everybody hear me okay? It's kind of weird to talk into a microphone and not hear yourself. <laughs> um, thank you, Chris, for um, inviting us to do this. It was, um, it's really fun to be a part of the community, so if you've seen me around, I'm also part of uh, the Villages Grown as well, and have that podcast. So we are here to talk to you a little bit about mushrooms and the importance. Um, we also have some things we'll be handing out to you. We actually brought some lines made, which we'll cover. Um, we also have some stickers up here, some reishi, um, and some dried morels. So we got a little bit of stuff we can pass around. Uh, my name is Randall Simonson. My undergraduate degree is in chemistry, and I'm at the Brownwood Farmers Market every Saturday. Well, I try to be. Uh, I'm going to be here this next Saturday. We're going to have a, a smaller supply of mushrooms just because we ramped up, ramped down a little bit for the summer. You know, it's the it's the cooling down months. You know, but we will have a full display. Uh, you know, in the fall here, and uh, I welcome you guys all out to come check out what we got. And yeah. Oh yeah, there's a, also a sign-up sheet. If you do want any items, we will uh, we'll bring them out specifically for you on Saturday, and uh, you can just text me whatever you want, and I'll, I'll bring it out there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so a little bit about myself. Um, so I am a plant biologist. I actually did my schooling in Mankato, Minnesota, and I just love plants in general. Growing up, I would always go to greenhouses with my mom and find those little succulent leaves on the ground and try to take them home to grow them. Um, so that's kind of where everything started, gardening with my mom. Um, so at Mankato, I was studying plant biology, but then also came across this amazing mushroom that I've never seen before. Um, and so I just kind of was enamored with the connection between plants and fungi. So that's kind of a little bit about what got me into it. I also love listening to podcasts on plants and fungi, but found that there was nothing really on the scientifically, like getting down and nerdy with it. Um, so I decided to just make my own. And yeah, Zephyr Gills, I also like to help out there. Um, he actually started listening to my podcast. Uh, Eric did, the owner of Zephyr Gills, and so he invited us to hang out at his farm and help him out, and now we're all kind of partners with that. So you kind of build that mycelial network or just kind of bridge out and meet other people and it's really awesome and passionate. Did you want to talk more about yourself? You no, know, we, can, we can just we can just All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you I'll want like to? Cool. So, what is a mushroom? Does anybody know? Anybody? Mycelia. What is it? Mycelia? Yes. So, it is a if you could think of, I guess it's part of the fungi kingdom. It's not a plant, it's not an animal, but it's actually more related to us than plants. So that's really interesting as well. But yeah, so here is a good example of a mushroom and some of the components that make up of it. So we have spores, that is the reproductive um, bits of it. So that can grow into another mushroom. 
Mushroom is a combination of all of the mycelial networks or mycelium uh, put together into a mushroom shape. So um, all mushrooms are fungi, but not all fungi are mushrooms, if that makes sense. So this specific category right here are all of the fruiting mushrooms or fungi. So if you see things with a cap, um, those are specifically mushrooms, but fungi could also be slime molds, it could also be um, other things that you're not even seeing, so like red molds, things like that. Yeah? So, uh, analogous to a plant, uh, this would be what would be called the fruiting body. So, the, everything else, the uh, underneath the soil and everything like that is analogous to the stems, the leaves, the vasculature of the plant. Uh, it's not a plant, it's a fungus, but the analogy is that this would be the avocado. Yeah. You know? So it's a, it's a thing that actually produces another organism. And then the, uh, the spores that come out of it would be the seed. And then the mycelium would be the root structure as to plants. So why mushrooms? Uh, there's been so many studies on health benefits with mushrooms, as well as they're tasty to eat. And um, there's so many different varieties. So here you're actually looking at all oyster mushrooms, which is the one we've passed around. So we've also learned that there's tropical mushrooms that can withstand this Florida heat. So that is the pink mushrooms, the pink oyster, and then also the yellow oyster. I am working on getting mushrooms growing at uh, the Villages Grown as well. So I'm starting to work on that and our biggest <coughs> obstacle is uh, the temperature and trying to make everything fit. So I'm trying to convince them, you can still grow mushrooms because it is hot, but some mushrooms actually really like the, the heat. So also, mushrooms are plant-based as well, so that's um, a big factor. I, um, I was vegan as well, and this was a big staple in my diet, making um, portobello type of burgers and just including mushrooms into every meal as to sprouts or microgreens. Um, so that's what Villages Grown has. So I kind of also mix microgreens with my mushrooms and you can just make it as a meal or also put it onto other vegetables and things like that. Something I've made uh, that is cruelty-free is cruelty-free crab cakes. So, um, environmental benefits. So here's a picture of that oyster. Um, I think this was actually taken at Zephyr Gills as well. So mushrooms can be grown indoors, which means you can actually grow them all year round. Um, requires less land. So how most mushrooms are grown is actually on a shelving system like this, where you can just keep growing them vertical. So you can kind of stack things up. Uh, there's also tons of different, um, I guess, compartments that you can grow mushrooms into. So it's all climate controlled. Um, and also uh, reduces the need for deforestation. Like you can also use them in your, in your yard. So you can actually um, create spawns into our logs and grow mushrooms directly from your backyard. So you can actually use logs or trees that are already decaying and these fungi can be produced out of these logs. And then low carbon footprint as well. So yeah, waste reduction, recycling, I think we covered a lot on that. You can use these to help decompose your yard. If you could imagine the 
forest right now, if uh, all of the leaves would stay there and there'd be no mushrooms, you would have leaves just piling up on top of each other um, every year. So every year you kind of go into the, the woods and you're like, wow, there's uh, not that many things on the ground. It's because the mushrooms are doing their job. So they help with um, decomposing and also you can use mushrooms. There's a lot of studies now. You can use mushrooms to uh, break up plastics. So that is one of the newest research that is coming out. Um, so I actually have covered um, a, a quite few of people on my podcast about how they're coming up with this different study of oyster mushrooms. Um, there's also ones that can survive without oxygen, um, things like that. So it could be like buried down into piles of garbage. So that'd be really amazing. Yeah, this is another summary slide of it. Uh, so environmental sustainability is really important. Uh, you know, I think the, the farm is producing meat, you know, it takes about, uh, what is it, 10 times the amount of grain to produce uh, an ounce of meat that it does for the same protein in pea or something like that. I forgot the stat, but it's a huge amount compared to what you can just produce if you're producing. Like all of the uh, fields of corn out there, the vast majority of that is feed corn. Very little of that is actually, you know, the type of corn that humans eat that ends up, you know, in food. And uh, so, you know, if we can produce stuff that is similar to meat, but healthier, and produced at a lower cost, and also doesn't involve factory farming, which I think everybody can agree is not a really good practice, um, I think that that's really important for the future going forward. And uh, another point of mushrooms, which is really important, is that uh, there's a lot of research going into anti-oncological uh, things, such as uh, turkey tail. Uh, another one is reishi. So this is a reishi tincture. A lot of mushrooms you can't eat outright, such as the uh, reishi right there. And uh, that is because it is a very woody mushroom, but it's been used in traditional Eastern medicine for a very long time now. And uh, one of the chemicals in turkey tail called polysaccharide K, which is a chemical that has been used in... So how they found out about it is during the 2011 uh, incident with the reactor meltdown in Japan, what happened is radiation got out, and then they found that a certain subset of people weren't having the rates of cancer. Others are not cultivatable, like morels. You only find them in the wild, but um, mushrooms themselves can be grown because of, because it's that vertical uh, growth. They take very little space, so there's very little actual physical footprint for these uh, mushrooms to be farmed in. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, for the future, it's, it's a great way to get a nutritional value out of uh, you know, wood that would just otherwise be decaying and turning into carbon dioxide and you know, um, methane and things like that. So it's, it's a really good uh, way to produce food. Yeah. I am passing around a container of dried morels. Um, so that is what you will see. Some mushrooms are cultivatable, is that the word? Yeah. Um, but then also ones are just strictly from the wild. So most morels um, are all from the wild. There's also chanterelles, 
Um, so very high quality edible uh, mushrooms are usually wild forested and that is why it's hard to uh, get a hold of. But there's tons of things that you can cultivate as well. So working on some reishi, oyster, uh, this one's actually chestnut mushroom. So all mushrooms have different textures and flavors, which is also amazing. Um, so this one's a little bit nutty, a little bit sweet, um, has a really like crunchy texture. So um, you can kind of experiment with different types of mushrooms and find your favorite. Because a lot of people say that they don't like mushrooms, um, and that's probably because you've only tried one different mushroom. So in the grocery store, when you see the white button, the baby bella, and the portabella, those are all the same mushrooms, just at growing different growing stages. So if you say that you don't like mushrooms, but you've only had that one, you've only had one mushroom. <laughs> um, it's a really exciting field because, uh, you know, this is just what we've uh, come to discover with edible mushrooms. And the number of edible mushrooms is pales in comparison to the number of mushrooms that are actually out there. Like for instance, in Minnesota, there's about eight mushrooms that you can eat. And there's over 12,000 species that we've discovered. And those little, little brown mushrooms that you see in your lawn, the, those are actually you know thousands of species. And they're like, most of them aren't edible. And we, there's, there's not a really good way to determine which ones actually are. So <laughs> I don't recommend eating those at all. Um, but LBMs is what we call them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're abbreviated LBMs, which literally stands for little brown mushrooms. And if you look up the, the terminology, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really creative name, I know. But uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's just what they're called. And so something that's really interesting is that if we're just studying the ones that are edible, you know, uh, I think that it's, uh, you know, there's something on the horizon where we could be looking at a full assay of all these other chemicals that are being produced as secondary metabolites for the mushrooms. And uh, yeah, it's, it's promising for the future. But right now, yeah, uh, polysaccharide K is, in turkey tail is approved for use only in Europe. Uh, but it is actually sold as a pharmaceutical uh, drug. And, uh, but you can, you can still get tinctures that are medically relevant. Uh, you just gotta be sure to uh, you know, source your tincture. Again, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm, uh, I just have a degree in chemistry, and so you know, talk to your doctor before doing anything. Um, you know, it's just by the way, you know, it's, uh, but there is, there is research that's promising about that, and I think more people should be paying attention to it, and I think it's really, super interesting um, you know and there's other chemicals that are uh, statins in mushrooms are a very important part of it but I'll talk about those, those a little bit later if you want yeah I wanted to go but I wanted to go back just to uh, well we can tell who the chemist is here <laughs> uh, so this is Eric the owner of Zephyr Gills and this is um, him holding a reishi block so that's actually what we were passing around right there and so um, it just kind of grew to the the shape of the bag, which is really interesting. We have we're um, also have blocks at home that are growing out of the the ventilation that we have, and they're they're just trying to grow any way they can. So also uh, reduce sodium because they don't have <laughs> sodium in there. Uh, mushrooms are very uh, low in calories, so. I think in a cup of mushrooms, it's like 25 calories. So um, there's also some protein in there too, which is an important part to uh, vegan or whole, whole food plant-based diets. So 
That's something that I really uh, try to get enough protein in my diet. Um, also, lack of cholesterol, so that is also a plus as well. Here's um, Eric. I got something to add to that whenever, oh. whenever you're done, yeah. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, uh, the cholesterol is also tamped down by the statins that are in, uh, in the mushroom, so it's, it helps to reduce that. And uh, yeah, so the, the mushrooms produce natural statins. It's a whole class of chemicals. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It, even just a quarter cup of mushrooms added into your diet can significantly reduce inflammatory markers as well. Yeah, uh, so this is uh, one of the mushrooms that is very easily cultivatable. It's a uh, lion's mane, and oh yeah, is that a sample of it? Yeah. Nice. And for everyone there, I made lion's mane barbecue. Yes. So you can taste how wonderful lion's mane is. Thank you for bringing that. Yes. I love that. I'm going to have to get that recipe, actually, too. Okay. You did it without oil, you said? Right? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Oil. All right. That's interesting. Because yes. um, I, I always cook with oil, so you know, it's always good to get interesting. We'll talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so just handed out a lion's mane thing so they can look at it. Thanks. Yeah. So this one is lion's mane. Uh, it's, you know, primarily cultivated because it's delicious, and it peels apart similar to the, like string cheese. And so you can make crab cake with it. You can make apparently barbecue with it. Uh, it's a really good meat substitute because it has that texture. It doesn't impart a ton of its own flavor to the recipe. So you gotta be sure to spice it up and include whatever flavor you want to add into your meal into the mushroom. Most mushrooms are like that, where they don't really impart their own flavor so much as they uh, absorb whatever flavor is around them. And lion's mane is certainly like that. And, Great and crab cakes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite mushroom. Uh, also for the cognitive benefits of it, so these are, it produces a class of chemicals called heracinones. And heracinones, I, I don't remember what the mechanism of action is, but uh, they, yeah, they, they, they were studied uh, to reduce Alzheimer's, dementia, and I take it, and so I have, I have ADD, and instead of taking a prescription medication for that, um, I supplement with lion's mane extracts. Um, if you want to do a lion's mane extract yourself, it's important to note that the heracinone actually evaporates out at, after 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So what you want to do is uh, you want to add it into something that's going to prevent it from getting above that temperature. So you can pressure cook it in a alcohol tincture and then do a separation that way. Yeah. Yeah, because these are benzaldehyde-type chemicals, so they're, I think, they... Polar or non-polar? It'd be, it'd be polar. Okay. Yeah. Do you make the tinctures and sell them? So the, the tincture that we have right now is the reishi tincture, and I'm going to be doing lion's mane tinctures eventually. We haven't gotten around to doing that yet, um, but that is something that's on the horizon, yeah. Um, I can also recommend a, uh, a place that does sell like turkey tail tincture that I do know has uh, like fully 
like packed tinctures. A lot, a lot of the time, if you, if you buy if you buy a tincture from somewhere, like Amazon or something like that, and you evaporate it out, you'll notice that there's very little left behind in the bottle. And so you gotta you gotta you know be aware of where you're sourcing your stuff from. But uh, Desert Alchemist, if you look up Desert Alchemist, that that's a good place that I recommend getting tinctures from. Uh, we do have reishi tinctures though, and uh, we're at the Brownwood Market most Saturdays, and so yeah, if you want to come by and check out the reishi tinctures or check out the stand or just get some mushrooms, you know, welcome to do that. Uh, yeah. Don't you don't you also sell lion's mane powder? We do. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put that in my my coffee, my alternative coffee every yeah. morning. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I, I like to add it into uh, my protein shake, so I have it pre-mixed into okay. protein powder, and then it's uh, really easy to just take that, and it's, uh, I can't do whey powder, so I just do, uh, uh, what is that? Pea powder. Yeah. Yeah. Pea protein. Another thing that you need to make sure that you get into your diet is vitamin D. There's a lot of vitamin D3 in uh, animal, um, products so getting D2 from mushrooms is uh, very helpful so getting um, at least 20 minutes of sunlight um, with sunscreen but also um, yeah having the D2 from mushrooms is also important so that is another aspect or plus to it as well so how to cook mushrooms I think that's what everybody's waiting about so here is some of the lines made here on this phone Morels, for instance, are a very renowned delicacy, but you can actually, if you eat raw morels, you can get something called morel poisoning, and so that, that can be dangerous. Um, you know, most, most mushrooms that you can eat uh, aren't going to you know, kill you, but they might give you diarrhea or something like that if you don't cook it. And it's also really important to cook them because the cell wall has to break down for all the nutrients to be bioavailable. And yeah, the, the chitin has to break down so that you can actually digest it. And if you don't have it broken down by cooking it, you're gonna get a stomach ache from your stomach trying to digest something that it can't digest. Yeah. Yeah, chitin is the fiber to a mushroom. So uh, if you know what like crab shells are made out of, it, or like your hair or your nails, that's what chitin is. So just having that raw is very hard to digest and could uh, hurt your stomach. So, uh, what, what she's showing here is that you can you can either cut them or it's just as easy to tear them apart. And so you know if you don't want to cut them, you can just and you don't even have to make that noise while you're doing it. You can if you want. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people that don't even believe in using knives to cut their mushrooms because that's like against something, so. And, sorry, I don't think I answered your question fully. So the, the thing that I'm doing uh, when removing these, because I didn't, the mushrooms that we sell at the market, we pre-cut off the part that uh, meets with the sawdust and that, that they grow on. So you don't have to worry about the mushrooms that uh, we sell uh, because they, in, in most places that retail mushrooms aren't gonna include the mushroom media in what they're selling you. They shouldn't at least, they yeah. should be you know, selling you just what you're supposed to eat. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if you are growing your own mushrooms, you do wanna be 
you know, sure to cut off that part that actually meets the mycelium itself. And that's, uh, it's not going to hurt you too much, but you don't want to eat a whole lot of sawdust. <laughs> you know? Fiber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lignin. Yeah, and some of the mushrooms, like you saw in the beginning, that stem was very hard to um, even break off. So it'd be a challenge to eat. So a lot of shiitake uh, stems aren't edible just because they're very, very fibrous. So I usually pl pluck those off. So it's kind of up to you if you want to try to cut through that or not. But. Yeah, what I did right there was I took a piece of the, uh, the mushroom and I threw it in the pan just so that I can gauge how hot the pan is. And you can go low and slow, or you can get a nice sear on one side by going high and hot. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of different ways to cook them, and uh, I'm no chef, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that there's there's ways to incorporate mushrooms that are, you know, infinite. Yeah, and also we're experimenting with different things to add to it, so. Um, adding some lemon juice also to mushrooms brings out that flavor, and so that's something that we also were doing. Um, something else to add is onions, uh, shallots, garlic, like all of those uh, good things that you can add to just bring out that flavor as well as like thyme, oregano, salt. Salt is something that we add usually um, directly to the pan as well because it pulls the, the liquid out of the mushrooms. A lot of mushrooms are very, uh, liquid dense so if you like squeeze a fresh mushroom you might actually see some water drip out and so um, it's easy to just kind of sear that in or um, yeah so adding the salt to it actually pulls out some of that water to cook faster and better so yeah we are still in the, the cutting process <laughs> there was a lot of mushrooms that we wanted to uh, cut up so yeah and, and we really wanted to just show you guys how easy it is to just I mean you just cut them up throw them in a pan, and you know, like, similar to what you do with your vegetables, so that's, that'd be a really good way to do it, is to just cook them all at once, uh, and then have them in the fridge so you can add them into stuff later. Mushrooms are similar to, uh, to like, fish, in that the fresher they are, the better they taste, you know? When I'm working at the sand, oh yeah, yeah, of course. I was just gonna wait till you were finished. No, you're fine. Uh, do you know the portobello mushrooms that have the big, and, and sometimes people stuff them? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't usually do that. Um, the more that you get that wet, the harder it will be to kind of dry out. Um, and I don't really always want to steam my mushrooms, but you can, you could scrape it out, um, but you could also, to stuff it, probably scraping it out, um, but just searing it as like a burger substitute or something like that. I just kind of um, season it and then press it down. Is that in the cap, is that really healthy for you? Or do you recommend eating that? Um, I think it's based on what you'd want to do. Um, it's not unhealthy at all. Um, it's maybe a different texture and longer to cook. Um, that would be my only input. Yeah, with, with store-bought mushrooms, as long as you're cooking them, you're sterilizing them, essentially. So you don't have to worry about, you know, I think, uh, you know, those that are grown on, on the factory scale, you know, kind of do get a little bit dirty. Mm -hmm. But I. I don't see anything wrong with just throwing them in the pan. I've always just thrown them in the pan instead of washing them, and I haven't really had any issues with it. Uh, you know, I think some people would say to wash it, but 
I think most people that I know that eat a lot of mushrooms don't usually wash their mushrooms, they just throw them in there. So, yeah, something else that you could do is have like a wet paper towel and then you could like rinse it off that way or just kind of clean up little areas um, so you're not submerging the mushroom. Because I, I don't like submerging the mushroom at all just because of it. You have to get it dry again to cook, and it's just kind of gets a weird texture. So if people don't like the um, slimy mushroom texture. It's um, because you're probably having it too wet. However, if you are doing wild mushrooms such as morels, you do want to be absolutely sure to uh, soak them and look out for insects. Insects love mushrooms as much as we like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's something, you know, it comes with wild foraging mushrooms, yeah. you know. So if you if you are finding them out in the wild, you know, which is something that people have done for millennia, you know, and I don't know, still around, so. Yeah. Can you elaborate on the brown bag and you just put it in the fridge like you were doing there? Yes, yeah, so um, the way that I store mushrooms is, so actually Zephyr Gills, I love their packaging because it is in a cardboard box. So what you're seeing in grocery stores is usually uh, like a plastic or something that holds onto the moisture, but you want to actually uh, let the mushroom breathe. And so their boxes are amazing, but if you also have a brown paper bag, I just store all my mushrooms in there and then uh, just keep them in my crisper drawer or in the fridge to last longer. Because do you ever mix them or do you keep the varieties in separate bags? I honestly just mix them together, but uh, you can, if you don't want, um, sometimes there's like the spore print from mushrooms will actually go onto other ones. So if you want it to look nice, you can separate them, but we're all, I'm gonna probably cook them together. So I just let them mingle. Yeah, there's some How mushrooms that they stay in the refrigerator. And say, should we put them in the refrigerator? Yes, I would put them in the refrigerator because once you pick them or bring them home, uh, they'll start to age. So mushrooms are always a living uh, type of thing. So it's like a plant. Um, it's always kind of, um, I don't know how you'd want to say it, but it's always kind of surviving. Um, so if you put it in the fridge, it slows down the decomposition of it. So, that's so what I these are the spices I used. Uh, it's really simple, simple, just black pepper, onion, garlic, uh, you know, just really basic spices. You can use anything though. Uh, I think mushrooms have a sort of umami flavor to them. So if you want to bring that out, you know, you're going to use your, your garlics, onion, and those kind of you know, spices for that. And, but yeah, I mean, you can get crazy with that and do something wrong with it. When you're putting it in that paper bag or you're trying to store them, can you store them with um, some sort of paper between them? Yes. Or sure. towel or, or has to be wet? Yeah, the whole idea of the paper bag is to allow the, the moisture in the mushrooms to not condensate on the side. So with plastic, what, you have, what happens is you have the mushrooms breathing out and then perspirating, and then when they come into contact with that plastic, it retains the moisture right there, and that causes the mushrooms to expire faster. Yeah. So, uh, you, know, yeah, you can do this even with the portobellos that you get from the store. Yep. You know, store them in, a, take them out of that plastic, and store them in a paper bag, and they'll last a little bit longer. And then, if you really wanna be, have them last a long time, uh, you can put the paper bag in a plastic bag, and then that will, the cardboard will absorb a little bit of moisture and the plastic bag will stop it from escaping all the way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, again, 
It's like fish, where the fresher that it is, the better it tastes, and the more nutritious it is. So mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like, you know, well, vegetables I'll, too. Like anything right. that you eat freshly yeah. picked is going to be better and probably also uh, retain more nutrients. So that's kind of like the downside with some vegetables is, um, yeah, it kind of loses the nutrients as it ages. So, um, and your your question about how long? I would say around a week. Um, I've honestly forgotten about my mushrooms in the fridge. Um, so it was like for two weeks and they were still, still fine, so. So we, we had a, oh. What was the bottle of lemon you had next to it you were cooking? Lemon yes. juice. Yeah, we put some lemon juice in there to brighten up the flavor because it was, yeah, we tried it after. I recommend having some sort of liquid in when you're sauteing them just to transfer the heat, you know, from the pan to the mushrooms. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so. Here is another, I wish we uh, could, what's it? Like I know, maybe at the end of this we'll we'll leave this up and then everybody People can, can take, a, take yeah. a picture, yeah, or we can email the... I'll put it on Facebook, Perfect. the recipes. Perfect. Awesome. So here we have a stir fry recipe. Um, so yeah, you can use any of your mushrooms and just kind of also have some peppers, onions, um, and then right here I put some garlic or broth, um, even a little bit of maple syrup, just because that could also uh, bring out that umami flavor. Um, yeah, this is the most common way that we prepare them. Yep, I usually just mix mushrooms with my vegetables and call it a great meal. Um, if anybody also uses nutritional yeast, yep. yes. So that's also what I put on there, extra protein, extra vitamins, um, and also tasty. So that's something that I always add to my mushrooms and vegetables. I have the clicker. <laughs> uh, so mushroom soup. Uh, this is a very common uh, favorite one. So using also you um, the mushroom stems that we were saying that you can take off, you can actually soak in the water and make uh, your own mushroom broth of it and then use that mushroom broth to make mushroom soup. Another thing with the mushroom soup is that if you're using lion's mane to make it, you're retaining those horacinones in it when you cook it the in the soup, right? Because the, the water is gonna absorb that and uh, you know, as long as you're not uh, going too long. You could also do a, a pressure cooker with the soup and then that is going to, you know, so that the steam isn't coming out, you know? Because if you're keeping it below 100 degrees, then, uh, or if you're keeping it above 100 degrees, then the raisinones are evaporating out. But if you use a pressure cooker, what you can do with the soup is have it in there and then you don't have to worry about the steam coming out, and you can cook it. Nice. Uh, this is that crab cake recipe, so hopefully uh, we can also, we'll talk after about your uh, the other recipes that people have. Um, pictures that you've been seeing are actually my past um, people that I've interviewed for my podcast. So this is um, the guy from Mushroom Revival, so that's also a podcast, and he talks all about mushrooms and interviews other mushroom people. Um, this uh, past one was he does um, mushroom tarot cards. So I interviewed him and he designs each card um, as a different mushroom. And so it was really fun to interview him. Any questions, comments? Yeah, and we also have uh, some Yeah, citations for yeah. Your health benefits and stuff. I also buy your dried mushrooms. And I, yes. and I use either dried mushrooms or the fresh mushrooms mm -hmm. to make a mushroom gravy. Yes. And that's delicious. And I love to make um, sweet potatoes or mashed potatoes. 
and then put the mushroom mm -hmm. grain on that's, that's a great point too. You can prolong your mushrooms and dry them and then um, pretty much like that jar that I was passing around, you can last for a long time. Have you seen the movie Fantastic, Fantastic Fungi? Fungi. Yes. And for yes. all the new people that are here today, maybe you could talk about that movie just a Yeah, bit. yeah, actually. Um, so Howard Sprouse is um, one of my first people that I interviewed, and he works with Paul Samets. And so Paul Samets, if you know, he's the main mushroom uh, mushroom guy. Um, he's written Mycelium Running, which is the book that I actually got introduced to. Um, so he talks about all these different things, how to cultivate, how to find mushrooms, ID, cooking. Um, but yeah, fantastic fungi. Um, Paul Samets also put on, and so they actually were talking about microremediation, how they are decomposing plastics, and they just, they have such great visuals in that movie that yes. um, explain so many things, like underneath the ground, like how can you even see the mycelium or roots. Um, and so, I believe it's still free. Yes, on Netflix it on was. On Netflix um, it's free. I highly recommend yes, everybody watch it. Yes, fantastic Uh, something I didn't add before uh, that's really interesting research is they found out that there's actually, uh, so with psychedelic mushrooms, they found that it stimulates neural growth. So it actually stimulates um, neural uh, neurons to grow. And what they've found out more recently is that there's also chemicals in um, lion's mane and uh, reishi that stimulate it without the psychedelic experience. So, uh, you know, that's a new, new route of research and I think that's really interesting. And then also, um, there's cordyceps mushroom, which you guys know maybe from the, the Last of Us TV show, but it's, it's actually a, it's a real mushroom and it, uh, it targets insects and it's called a zombie fungus. It actually, it's really super interesting. And, uh, but Yeah, they cover that in Fantastic Fungi, I believe, too. Yeah, and uh, that, one, that one's super interesting, but it's, it can be, it could theoretically be used as a insecticide. You know, you could use it on an ant hill, and then you, you know, you kill all the ants. And it's actually being blocked by the insecticide companies. So the insecticide companies uh, lobby. Yeah, they lobby again to have this law passed to prevent it from being used because we all know that you know chemicals are where it's at, right? You know, right? It's great. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We're good. We'll yeah. Tired of feeling drained and lethargic? Wish you could boost your energy levels naturally and stay focused throughout the day with no crash? I've been struggling with this problem too. Thank you to Sovereignty's purpose for the ultimate energy of the day. Imagine a world where you wake up feeling refreshed, alert, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. With Sovereignty, you live your life with purpose. Whether you're tackling a project, powering through a workout, or simply need a pick-me-up during the day, Purpose is carefully crafted with a powerful combination of amazing ingredients like green coffee bean extract, cordyceps, 
ashwagandha, bacopa, beet juice, hemp blend, green tea extract, cherry, blueberry, broccoli, kale, and turmeric extract. All of this is only 25 calories and 115 milligrams of caffeine with no jitters and no crashes. Harness this aptogenic blend of benefits in your next smoothie, drink, cocktail, or dessert. Whether you're an entrepreneur, farmer, business professional, or student, Purpose has got your back. No more sluggish afternoons and hello productivity that lasts. Grab your blend with 10% off using the code KK10 on Sovereignty.co. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot C-O and use KK20 for 20% off at checkout.